Welcome to the Jed Breaks Bread Podcast. I am Pastor Jonathan Edwards, but my nickname Jed has been with me for the last 15 years. My goal is to encourage believers to have an orthopraxy as strong as their orthodoxy, that Christ might be honored and glorified through our lives. Welcome. We are continuing our discussion on the book Shepherding a Child's Heart, written by Ted Tripp. And in our last episode, we discussed the training objectives for the early years, which would be the years zero to five. And today we want to look at the training procedures for that very critical and important time of life. Now, we must remember that the two tools that God has given to parents for the shepherding of children are the communication, which is based upon the Word of God, and the rod. And these two tools that God has given must always be used in conjunction with one another. You cannot separate communication from the rod, and you cannot separate the rod from communication. Even if your child is not yet talking back to you in terms that you understand or in sentences, full thoughts, it's very critical and imperative that you speak to them and communicate what God's Word says as you utilize the rod. Now, in the early years, ages 0 to 5, the rod is primary in the training procedures for young children. God's Word says in Proverbs twenty-two fifteen that foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. Reference also our discussion earlier on being born with a sin nature. That foolishness in Proverbs 22.15 is being born with a sin nature. All right, The foolishness is the sin nature expressing itself in a variety of ways in the child and in the child's behavior. So let's discuss then if using the rod is God's, or one of God's two tools that he has given to train children, how do we go about doing this? Let's talk for a moment about the when do I spank. When do I spank? Well, if you have given a direction that the child has heard, which is within the child's capacity to understand, and the child has not obeyed without challenge, excuse, or delay, that child needs to have the rod of discipline applied to him. Let me say that again. If you have given a direction that the child has heard and is within the child's capacity to understand, and the child has not obeyed without challenge, excuse, or delay, that child needs to have a spanking. And Ted Tripp points this out in his chapter on training procedures. He says, the when of spanking is so simple that parents often miss it. And in these early years, the zero to five year range, spanking should always be issue oriented. And what he means by that, as he explains in his chapter on this, is that Parents ought to be addressing a specific act of disobedience or failure to honor the authority of the parent. So if you tell your child, 
don't touch that, whatever it is, and the child touches it, that is cause for spanking. Now, from our limited human perspective, it seems like, oh, well, we should give our child another chance, or, oh, they didn't really mean to touch it, or we make some kind of excuse for them for their misbehavior. But what that really was, if you were to boil this down and you look at it from the perspective that God looks at it, that child refusing to obey the parents by not touching the object is an act of rebellion. Very small, very subtle, but it is an act of rebellion nonetheless. And the child is testing the boundaries to see what will happen when I rebel, what will happen when I push boundaries. And parents have to set boundaries. They have to set rules about what is appropriate and inappropriate in the household. Now, obviously, in the early years, you can't have abstract ideas like poor attitude or bad character. Your spanking should always be issue-oriented, which means I asked you to pick up your toys and you're not picking up your toys. You get a spanking. I asked you to go to your room and you're not going to your room. You're getting a spanking. I asked you to eat your dinner and you're not eating your dinner. Therefore, you're getting your spanking. I asked you to do whatever it is and you did not follow the command that was clear understandable, and easy to accomplish. You did not follow that command. Therefore, you need to have a spanking. When I first understood this a number of years ago, it really helped me in my parenting, especially when my children were in this early age range, zero to five, and I still have children in this age range. And it's easy for me because I have children in the next higher age range children who I've already been through this process with, and I'm working on character development with them, it's easy for me to forget that in these zero to five year year range, roughly, it's issue-oriented, issue-oriented correction. All right? Spanking is most effective when it is performed in accordance with an obvious act of disobedience or dishonor. If the child says no to mom and dad, to mom or dad, when mom or dad ask the child to do a command, that no is an act of rebellion and deserves to have a spanking. Again, the point of this, the point of this correction is to help your child understand that they are a being who lives under authority. They don't get to do what they want when they want. And this is true for all human beings. We all live under authority. Now, some of us, some of us who don't know the Lord, have cast off the authority of God. We have, as Romans chapter 1 says, exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and we are no longer worshiping the Creator, but we are worshiping an idol. As Ted Tripp points out, it is so simple to have this particular standard be the standard of discipline that parents often miss it. And our failure as parents to be consistent on this particular issue has three consequences. The first is that our children are consistently and continually 
living on the edge of disobedience rather than inside the circle of blessing. What that means is, according to Ephesians 6.1, there is a circle or a sphere in which a child can live and operate that will result in life going well for them and them living long. Children, honor your parents and obey them in the Lord, for this is right, that it may go well with you and you may live long in the land. If children are doing that on a regular basis, they're living inside the circle of blessing. But if parents are inconsistent in applying discipline, then children live on the ragged edge of that circle, constantly crossing over the line of honoring and obeying and being rebellious and testing authority. So you don't want your children to get used to living on that place. Our sin nature likes to live on the ragged edge of disobedience. The sinful part of us wants to push the limits and test and see how far we can go. And that's actually the second consequence. If we don't discipline consistently, then our children will push the way, push the limits to see what they can get away with. They will see if they can expand the circle rather than seeking to honor and obey. I think the difference can be stated with an illustration. If you consistently apply this principle of spanking when a child has disobeyed a clear direction that is within their capacity to understand, your children will seek to obey you because they understand the consequences of disobedience instead of seeking to push the limits and see what they can get away with. When I go to a restaurant with my children, my children understand that there is proper decorum and behavior that is expected when you are out in public, when you eat in public, because it's not just our family, but it's other families who are trying to enjoy a meal out. And so sometimes when we're out in public, we have more strict table rules than we have at home. At home, sometimes we laugh, we carry on, we sing songs, we do, we do things that are loud and sometimes maybe obnoxious to other people. But that's our home. We want to enjoy our dinner. But when we go to a restaurant, we don't do those things. And so my children, through process of training, understand that when we go to a restaurant and mom and dad say, calm down, sit still, use a, use a quiet voice, If they don't do those things, there will be consequences, namely a spanking, when we leave the restaurant. And so my children aren't seeking to push the limits of what they can get away with at the restaurant. Rather, they're seeking to honor and obey because they know if they honor and obey, they will have a better time. And the parents, my wife and I, will have a better time as well. Finally, the third third point if we are inconsistent in our discipline, is that both the child and the parent will be frustrated. You see, the child will be frustrated because on on day one, when mom said, don't touch this, and he touched it, he didn't get a spanking. But on day two, mom said, don't touch this, and he touched it, and he did get a spanking. And then on day three, 
he mom said don't touch this and he touched it and he didn't get a spanking that inconsistency results in frustration the child doesn't know where the line is and the parent doesn't know where the line is but it's god's desire no not just his desire but his mandate that parents set the line parents are the authority Parents are to represent God in the household to their children because parents understand God. Parents have a comprehension of his word. Parents are able to um, see the bigger picture of life and the goals that you're hoping to accomplish. And so if there is frustration between the parent and the child, it's because the parent has not been consistent. The parent has failed to do what is necessary to set the line and establish the circle of blessing. So let's talk about some how-tos of spanking. I think this is an area where there are often many questions, but let's talk about some how-tos. There are some problems that we really need to avoid. First, spanking when you are angry or responding in anger. Now, I know, every parent I know, has had moments where they have spanked out of anger. There are times when you become very frustrated with your child and you spank them out of anger. When you do that, it doesn't really lead to good communication. It basically is the parent becoming so frustrated that they're like, oh, this is, I just can't handle it anymore. I need to shut this kid up. I need to stop this kid. I can't take it. And so they begin to spank. That has problems both for the child and for the parent. For the parent, sometimes it's difficult to control yourself if you are spanking when you're angry and you spank harder or more thoroughly or longer than you ought to. For the child, it doesn't really help them understand what they did that violated your commands. When you respond in anger, you often don't take the time to properly communicate biblical truth to your child prior to spanking and after spanking. If you have the tendency to get angry quickly, and you know this about yourself, then what you ought to do when your child disobeys is wait five minutes or ten minutes, however long it takes for that anger to be diffused. And if you do that, if you wait that five minutes or that ten minutes for the anger to be diffused, what will happen is you will be able to spank with a clear mind and you'll be able to clearly think and communicate and your child will not fear you because they see the anger in your eyes or the anger in your demeanor. You don't want your child to fear you. You want them to fear the consequences of sin and disobedience. So the second problem to avoid then is failing to treat your child with proper respect and dignity. You don't want to dehumanize your child. What this means is if you, instead of properly biblically communicating with your child, if you end up calling them names or demeaning them, belittling them, you are not treating them as someone who is a image of God-bearer, just like you are. 
And when you don't treat your child with proper respect and dignity, again, the result is that they stop fearing the Word of God. They fear you. They don't cultivate a proper respect for the Word of God or for God. All they see is mom or dad belittling them, dehumanizing them, and the spanking, while it may prevent the behavior from happening in the future, it doesn't really get to the heart of the issue. You see, the whole goal in the communication part of the spanking is to draw out those things that are inside your child's heart. Because as we, be- as we discussed at the beginning of this series, we all live out of our hearts. We all live out of the idols of our hearts. And so if you don't treat your child with proper respect and dignity, that child is going to make a wall in their heart between you and him. Now, it may not be readily apparent when they're between the ages of zero and five, but it may manifest itself in a rebellion against you later in life. So you want to make sure that you treat your child with proper respect and dignity and communicate effectively with your child. Thirdly, the third problem to avoid is to temper unwavering firmness in requiring obedience with kindness and gentleness. Now, this doesn't mean that we allow them to get away with disobedience. That's not what we're talking about. What we are talking about is you can be very consistent and firm in requiring obedience, but that has to be balanced out with your kindness and gentleness towards them. You don't want the sole summation of your interactions with your child that are personal. I'm not talking about general family interactions when maybe you're at the dinner table or whatever, but your personal time with them. You don't want the sole sum of that to just be discipline. You want to make sure that you are going out of your way to practice kindness and gentleness toward your children. You have to do this towards your spouse. You have to do this towards other people in life. Practicing kindness and gentleness is one of the chief ways that we build good relationships with other people. And so you want to build a relationship with your child, you have to practice kindness and gentleness in that relationship, in your interactions and your dealings with them. You want to take the time to ask them about their day. If they're able to understand it, or like uh, since we were talking about the early years, zero to five, what, what you can do is spend time reading books to them, playing on the floor with them, doing special things with them so that they know that there is fun interaction that happens between mom and dad and the child. That will help the child understand that when there is a obedience issue that needs to be dealt with, mom and dad still love and care immensely for that child. Fourthly, we have to remember that discipline is a rescue mission. It's a rescue mission because we are trying to help our children avoid the pitfalls and the heartache that sin often brings. And if they can learn 
to honor authority and to respect authority at a young age, then they will avoid a great many disasters in their life, a great many difficulties. You are trying to rescue your child from having to suffer the consequences of sin. Now, you know this is true because when you read Proverbs, the first eight or nine chapters of Proverbs all start with, my son, hear my teaching. My son, hear your mother's teaching. My son, listen to words of wisdom. And the author of Proverbs, King Solomon, explains in great detail the types of sins that his son should avoid. And if the son does not avoid those sins, Solomon explains in great detail what the consequences of those sins will be. Now, Solomon is not saying this is going to happen to you because I'm doing it to you. Solomon is saying these are the natural consequences of sin. What you are going to experience is the natural consequence of sin. And it is on me to warn you about these things. Now, when you turn a legal age and you do whatever you want to do because you're an adult, I can't stop that or prevent that. But what I can do is instruct you and say, here, these are the natural consequences of sin. And you as a parent, when you're working with your zero to five-year-old, have to bear that in mind, that it is a rescue mission. And the rescue mission is this. Son, there are consequences to sin. It could be bad for you. You don't want it to be bad for you. Follow God's word. Follow God's law. Obey and respect authority because because you will benefit later in life. Now, that doesn't mean your child is going to become a Christian. That doesn't mean, that doesn't mean any of that. We don't know whether your child is elect or not. I don't know. Only the Lord does. What it does mean, though, is whether your child is a believer or an unbeliever. You have made a strong connection between sin and the natural consequences. And when your child becomes old enough to understand the gospel, it'll be very plain. Because the gospel says you're a sinner and the natural consequence of sin is to spend an eternity in the place that God calls the lake of fire because you need to pay the penalty for your sins. And you can't pay the penalty at all. You can't do it. All eternity is not long enough to pay the penalty of the sins that you commit against the Holy God. But there's one person who did do it, the Lord Jesus Christ, on the cross of Calvary, paid the penalty for your sins so that you can be free, that you can have eternal life and not suffer the natural consequence of your sin. So if you remember that discipline is a rescue mission, And the purpose of discipline is to rescue your child from being outside of the circle of blessing. Then you will avoid improper spanking. Not totally. But you will avoid spanking from a wrong motivation. Because you understand the critical nature of spanking. How it fits into God's plan for the benefit of your child. Finally, the last problem to avoid is to 
keep the spanking focused on the issue of the heart, on various issues of the heart. Again, for children who are between the ages of zero to five, spanking should be issue-oriented, which means when they disobey directly, they are told that they will receive a spanking for their disobedience. And then you lay out for them how they have disobeyed, why they disobeyed, what God says about their disobedience. Then you spank them and you reinforce your love for them and you re-communicate to them again, look, when you disobey, when you don't honor and obey the words or the commands that your mother and father give, you will receive a spanking. These training procedures for zero to five uh, seem very simple, right? They're not complicated. However, they are essential. They are essential to drive out the foolishness that is bound up in the heart of the child. They are essential because God says they are essential. And it may seem counterintuitive to us because the world that we live in says that spanking is ancient, it's past its usefulness, we have much better methods to do it. But you know what? Everybody who says that is only looking at man's way to solve man's problems. They are not looking at God's way to solve man's problems. And so if God says that spanking is a necessity, if God says that spanking is appropriate, if God says that spanking can truly drive out the foolishness that is in the heart of a child, then we as believers need to believe God and take him at his word. We need to trust that what he says is true. And we need to practice it even if we don't understand it. Because that's where faith and obedience come in to the parenting process. From my human perspective, this doesn't seem to make sense to me. I don't want to do this. But from God's perspective, it is the right thing to do. It does make sense. And God has designed it to produce a particular effect and to have a spectacular result in the life of your child. So, parent, if you don't, even, if you don't understand or you can't wrap your mind around why God would want this to happen, you need to stop and examine your own heart and say, what is my real hang-up here? What is really getting into me? And do I have a desire to be obedient to God and His commands even if I can't see the end result? Even if it doesn't seem to make sense to my human way of thinking? We need to remember that God's ways are not our ways, and God's thoughts are not our thoughts. I hope that as you consider the training procedures for the early years, that you would be disciplined and consistent to follow what is set forth in the scriptures. If you do it at an early age, it becomes it's easier. I shouldn't say it becomes easier. Parenting becomes easier when children learn to obey authority. Parenting becomes easier. 
because you're not always fighting rebellion. But if you set forth these principles and practice them in your household when your children are young, that lays a foundation for how you will interact with your children in a multitude of different ways all on down the line in your parenting. If you wait, or maybe you're starting late, pray. If you're starting late, pray that God will make these things effective in the life of your child. But if you know the truth and you wait, or if you know the truth and you don't do it, you are setting yourself up to receive the natural consequences of sin because it's not the child's sin, it's the parent's sin. It's not the child who is disobeyed, it's the parent. And so you may end up with a rebellious, difficult-to-control child if you don't practice these principles early on in your child-rearing. Well, thank you for spending some time with me today. I hope that this lesson has benefited you. I hope that it's stimulated you to think and helped you to redouble your commitment to God's Word. If you enjoy this teaching, you can come and hear us live. Uh, I teach on Sunday mornings at our church. We also have the weekly sermon on our church website. That's www.gbchapel.org. And if you'd like to send me an email asking me a question or to address a particular issue, you can send it to gracebrethrenchapel at gmail.com. That's gracebrethrenchapel at gmail.com. May God bless you as you seek to implement His Word in your child rearing.